Number three, Salman al Farsi. My heart has become capable of all forms, a pasture for gazelles, a monastery for monks, a temple for idols, the Kaaba of the pilgrims, the tablets of Torah, the book of Quran. I profess the religion of love. Whatever direction love's camels take, that is my religion and my faith. Ibn Arabi, Tarjuman al Ashwak. Salman al Farsi is known as the Imam, the flag of flags, the inheritor of Islam, the wise judge, the knowledgeable scholar, and one of the house of the Prophet. These were all titles the Prophet gave him. He stood fast in the face of extreme difficulties and hardships to carry the light of lights and to spread the secrets of hearts to lift people from darkness to light. He was a noble companion of the Prophet. He reported sixty of his sayings. He came from a highly respected Zoroastrian family from a town near Isfahan. One day, while passing by a church, he was attracted by the voices of men praying. Drawn by their worship, he ventured in and found it better than the religion of his upbringing. On learning that the religion originated in Syria, he left home against his father's wishes. Went to Syria and associated himself with a succession of Christian anchorites. He came to know from them the coming of the last prophet and the signs accompanying his advent. He then travelled to the Hijaz, where he was seized, sold into slavery, and taken to Medina, where he eventually met the prophet. When he found in the Prophet the fulfilment of all the signs of which he had been informed by his Christian teachers, he accepted Islam. Servitude prevented Salman from being at the battles of Badr and Ohud. The messenger helped him gain his release from slavery by planting with his own hand three hundred palm trees, and giving him a large piece of gold. Once a free man, he took part in every subsequent battle with the Prophet. In Ibn Ishaq's Sirat Rasulullah, we find the following in Salman's account to the Prophet of his journey in search of the true religion. Asim ibn Omar ibn Qatada said that he was told that Salman the Persian told the Prophet. That his master in Amuria told him to go to a certain place in Syria, where there was a man who lived between two thickets. Every year he used to go from one to the other, and the sick used to stand along his way, and every one he prayed for was healed. He said, "Ask him about this religion which you seek, for he can tell you of it." So I went on until I came to the place of which I had been told. 
I found that people had gathered there with their sick until he came out to them that night, passing from one thicket to the other. The people came to him with their sick. Everyone he prayed for was healed. They prevented me from getting to him. I could not approach him until he entered the thicket to which he was headed. I took hold of his shoulder. He asked me who I was as he turned to me, and I said, God have mercy on you. Tell me about the Hanafia, the religion of Abraham. He replied, You are asking about something men do not inquire of today. The time has come near when a prophet will be sent with this religion from the people of the sacred area. Go to him, for he will bring you to it. Then he went on into the thicket. The prophet said to Solomon, If you have told me the truth, you met Jesus, son of Mary. In one of the prophet's battles called Al-Ahzab or Khandak, Salman advised the prophet to dig trenches around Medina in defense of the city, a suggestion which the prophet happily accepted. He then went ahead and helped the digging with his own hands. During this excavation, Salman struck upon a rock which he was unable to break. The prophet took an axe and hit it. The first strike brought forth a spark. Then he hit it a second time and brought forth a second spark. He then struck it for a third time and brought forth a third spark. He then asked Salman, O oh Salman, did you see those sparks? Salman replied, Yes, O oh Prophet, indeed I did. The Prophet said, the first spark gave me a vision in which God opened the Yemen for me. With the second spark, God opened Damascus and al-Maghrib, the west. And with the third one, God opened for me the east. Salman reported that the Prophet said, Nothing but supplication averts the decree. Nothing but righteousness increases life. And... Your Lord is munificent and generous, and is ashamed to turn away empty the hands of a servant when he raises them to him. Termidi transmitted them. Atabari recounts that in the year 16 Hijra, 637 current era, the Muslim army turned to the Persian front, in order to confront the Persian king at one point, the Muslim army found itself on the opposite bank of the great Tigris River. The commander of the army, Sa'd ibn Abi Waqqas, following a dream, ordered the entire army to plunge into the rushing river. Many people were afraid and hung back. Sa'd with Salman by his side, prayed first, May God grant us victory and defeat his enemy. Then Salman prayed, Islam generates good fortune. By God, crossing rivers has become as easy for the Muslims as crossing deserts.
by him in whose hand lies Solomon's soul. May the soldiers emerge from the water in the same number in which they entered it. Saad and Salman then plunged into the Tigris. It is reported that the river was covered with horses and men. The horses swam, and when they tired, the river floor seemed to rise up and support them until they regained their breath. To some, it seemed that the horses rode effortlessly on the waves. They emerged on the other bank, as Salman had prayed, having lost nothing from their equipment but one tin cup, and no one having drowned. They went on to take the Persian capital. Salman acted as spokesman and said to the conquered Persians, I have the same origin as you. I shall be compassionate towards you. You have three options. You may embrace Islam, then you will be our brethren and you will have the same privileges and obligations as we. Or, you may pay the tax of non-Muslims and we will govern you fairly. Or, we will declare war on you. The Persians, having witnessed the miraculous crossing of the Muslim army, accepted the second alternative. Soman al-Farsi was eventually appointed governor of that region. He was the commander of 30,000 Muslim troops. Yet he was very humble. He lived from his own manual labor. He did not own a house, but instead rested under the shade of trees. He used to say that he was surprised to observe so many people spending all their life for the lower world, without a thought for the inevitable death which will take them from the world one day. Salman was a very strict and just man. Among some spoils which were distributed one day was cloth out of which each companion had one piece of clothing cut. One day, Omar got up to speak and said, Lower your voices so that I may hear you. He was wearing two pieces of that cloth. Salman said, By God, we will not hear you, because you prefer yourself to your people. How is that? asked Omar. He said, You are wearing two pieces of cloth, and everyone else is wearing only one. Omar called out, O oh, Abdullah! Abdullah, his son, answered, At your service. Omar said, I ask you, by God, do you confirm that the second piece is yours? Abdullah said, Yes. Salman said, Now we shall hear you. At night, Salman would begin to pray. If he got tired, he would start reciting zikr with his tongue. When his tongue would get tired, he would contemplate and meditate on God's power and greatness in creation. He would then say to himself, Oh, my ego, you took your rest, now get up and pray. Then he would recite zikr again, then meditate, and so forth, all night long. Bukhari relates two traditions which show the Prophet's consideration for Salman. Abu Huraira relates, when we were sitting with while we were sitting with the holy prophet 
Surat al-Jumu'ah was revealed to him. When the Prophet recited the verse, And he, God, has sent him, Muhammad, also to others than the Arabs. Quran, chapter 62, verse 3. I said, Who are they, O God's Messenger? The Prophet did not reply until I repeated my question three times. At that time, Salman al-Farsi was with us. God's Messenger put his hand on Salman, saying, If faith were at the Pleiades, even then some men from these people, i.e. Salman's folk, would attain it. Abu Juhayfa relates, The Prophet made a bond of brotherhood between Salman and Abu Darda al-Ansari. Salman paid a visit to Abu Darda and found Umm Darda, his wife, dressed in shabby clothes. He asked her why she was in that state. She said, Your brother Abu Darda is not interested in the luxuries of this world. In the meantime, Abu Darda came and prepared a meal for Salman. Salman requested Abu Darda to eat with him, but Abu Darda said, I'm fasting. Salman said, I'm not going to eat unless you eat. So Abu Darda ate with Salman. When it was night and a part of the night had passed, Abu Darda got up to offer the superrogatory night prayer, but Salman told him to sleep, and Abu Darda slept. After some time, Abu Darda again got up, but Salman told him to go to sleep. When it was the last hours of the night, Salman told him to get up then, and both of them offered the prayer. Salman told Abu Darda, Your Lord has a right over you, your soul has a right over you, and your family has a right over you. Abu Darda narrated the whole story to the Prophet. The Prophet said, Salman has spoken the truth. He passed away in 33 Hijra year, 654 current era, during the reign of Uthman. He passed his secret on to Abu Bakr's grandson, Imam Abu Abdul Rahman Khasim ibn Muhammad ibn Abu Bakr as-Siddiq.